Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Phil at the Movies. I'm your host, Phil Walsh, and you're listening to episode number 63 of this ongoing podcast series that is for the love of movies. And today, I'm going to be talking about one of the most beloved action-adventure films of all time. In preparation and anticipation for the release of the fifth installment of the Indiana Jones series, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, I thought today would be a fun opportunity to revisit the film that started it all, Raiders of the Lost Ark. So that is the main topic for today's show. All you Indiana Jones fans out there, this episode is for you. But uh, before we begin our our archaeological quest, if you will, to revisit Indiana Jones, I thought uh, first I would offer a few final thoughts uh, as it relates to The Flash. Now, I alluded to a few days ago on the Wednesday show, Let Me Fill You In, that the box office was not looking too uh, too promising for The Flash. And at the time of the recording, the box office was projecting for the weekend of around $55 million. And when it was all said and done with the Monday, uh, Juneteenth holiday, it'd be around 62 to $64 million. Well, that number ended up coming in lower than revised estimates and projections. And the final total for last weekend was just north of $61 million. So I'm not going to get too uh, too into the weeds of it because uh, certainly if, if you are a fan of, of, of comic book movies and, and this type of discussion, I would encourage you to check out the show I co-host with uh, my two friends, Chris Evans and Anthony Caruso. The show is DC Unlimited, and I will leave all the appropriate information in the show notes, but we'll be doing a, a deep dive analysis on The Flash, sharing our reactions, our thoughts, and certainly talking about what worked and, and certainly what didn't work, because for a film that was as hyped as The Flash was and has built up for as many months, uh, $61 million domestically and just over $130 million worldwide is not good for a, a major comic book movie, let alone one that has a budget rumored of around $250 million, to say nothing of the fact that it brought back uh, the first on-screen uh, movie Batman in Michael Keaton. So a lot, a lot definitely went wrong with this movie. And I say this as somebody who thoroughly enjoyed it and thought it was a great time. Perfect? No, but an enjoyable comic book movie and certainly uh, entertaining from start to finish. It really felt like a love letter. I know that's an overused phrase, but it, it really felt like a love letter to DC fans. But looking at it and stepping back, I can understand why it may not have worked for the general audience. And I think it was a, it was a combination uh, of, of everything. I think you had issues with there being too many comic book movies out right now. I think lack of interest on part of the general public. I think an overestimation in, in Michael Keaton's draw as Batman. Certainly the, the issues and, and alleged uh, legal problems uh, involving its star, Ezra Miller. A and again, I think the, you cannot overstate the multiverse angle that has been certainly used as a story point for a lot of comic book movies in recent years. Now, you know, for the record, I thought this was one of the better executions of that premise. But I think, again, for the general movie-going audience, it was sort of, okay, we've seen this 
moving on or we're just going to skip it. So, again, definitely disappointing because I had a great time with this movie, but uh, stepping back and looking at it with a critical lens, I, I can see why it may not have worked for the general audience. And certainly it didn't work because reviews are, are fair at best and the box office receipts uh, certainly speak speak volumes. Uh, again, you, you might think, oh, $61 million, that's that's pretty good. And certainly, yes, it's nothing to, to sneeze at, but for a, a movie of this nature, $61 million is an absolute uh, devastation and, and really underscores that this movie just did not land. Uh, a flash in the pan, if you will, more so than anything else. But uh, again, I'm not going to get too, uh, too much more into it because I will certainly be talking about it at length on DC Unlimited. So if that is uh, you know, your cup of tea and you haven't had your fill of me with this show, I encourage you to check out that one and, and you can hear a more in-depth discussion and analysis on, on the film, reaction, and ultimately what we think worked and ultimately what what did not work. But uh, certainly an interesting time for for the genre, certainly an interesting time for, for movies. And I think that really speaks to a point that general audiences want to have a reason to go to the movies. They're not just going to go to a reason, go to a movie because it's hyped up as some amazing, spectacular product or it's some world-changing event. There has to be an investment, and that ultimately goes back to story. It goes back to, to characters. It goes back to originality. Audiences are going to be choosy. I mean, I think certainly economic factors can play into it. Uh, it is expensive, certainly, to go to the movies. And if you've, if you've got a, a family, I mean, you could be looking at over $100 potentially uh, when you throw in tickets and drinks and popcorn and, and all of that. So it, it's an understandable situation. People want to feel that they're, that they're you know, kind of getting a, getting a bang for their buck, so to speak, rather than just, oh, you know, we'll go see whatever movie's playing. And that really ties into a kind of as a precursor why I'm uh, I'm certainly bearish right now when it comes to the next Indiana Jones movie. This is, as I mentioned, the fifth installment in the series, and this comes about 14 years after the the fourth installment, which is widely regarded as as an, an inferior sequel and 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 a lot of people really despise the this particular movie the one i'm talking about is indiana jones uh, and kingdom of the crystal skull i don't think it is is bad as as a lot of people would would rank it it certainly doesn't land like the original three those are are, are really perfect uh examples if you will of well-made executed films that that deliver deliver a punch and and are are fun and engaging and not that kingdom of the crystal skull is is a bad movie or or it's it doesn't always land it's just i think that is the problem when you were trying to to resurrect characters from a different era and we're now 14 years since the last Indiana Jones movie, and while Harrison Ford's star power cannot be understated, I do wonder if the general movie-going audience has the interest in an Indiana Jones movie, particularly when nostalgia has been a reflex for for movies 
really going back for, since 2015. You figure with the, the new Star Wars films, which leaned heavily on the original cast, Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, and Harrison Ford, respectively, through the present day. And Top Gun Maverick, you have uh, other examples, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Nostalgia has been a big part of not just movies, but you look at the number of TV shows that have been revived in recent years. Again, shows that were off the air for 25, 30 years. I mean, just off the, you know, off the top of my head, just as a random example, a show like Murphy Brown, which was popular in its day, but again, was brought back about 30 plus years after the fact. So, you know, you just sort of wonder if we've reached the inevitable the inevitable end, if you will, of this nostalgia craze, of this nostalgia reflex. So it, I'm going to be very interested to see how uh, the the next Indiana Jones film performs because early reactions have been have been mixed. Some saying it's great, some saying not so much. So we'll we, we will see. Uh, I, I don't consider myself the, uh, the 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 biggest. Indiana Jones fan. I certainly enjoy the movies, but but I don't necessarily have an invested interest in in this particular movie. I mean, I will go see it because I've enjoyed all of the other ones, but it's not a it's not a high on the priority scale. I guess is what I would say. But uh, you know, we we shall see. We shall see. Just giving my uh, my thoughts and opinions. But on that on that positive note, let's let's try to raise the temperature just a little bit and talk about the original film because Raiders of the Lost Ark is arguably one of the greatest movies ever made and certainly one of the great action adventure films uh, of its time and, and frankly in the genre when you look at the, the sort of the, the work that went into making Indiana Jones it is a wonderful send-up to sort of the the pulp serial films of the 1930s and 40s again similar to what George Lucas the creator of of the franchise did with the original Star Wars movie he was trying to capture the movies and and theatrical experiences of his youth and childhood and really distill it down into as he put it a movie he would like to see and the story goes that it, Steven Spielberg wanted to direct a James Bond movie, but it, it never materialized. It never came across his desk. And so George Lucas took the task and was like, I'm going to write something and come up with something even better than Indi uh, than James Bond. And it's going to be about an archaeologist and he's going to be going to find uh, the Covenant of the Ark and there's going to be Nazis and it's going to be exciting and a lot of action. And of course, you know, the rest is uh, the rest is history. But when you step back and you watch the film for for what it was and what it is what it was during that time it's a monumental achievement i mean harrison ford was certainly famous for his role as harrison ford but indiana jones just sort of up to the ante tenfold and and made him into this this superstar that that really has has carried on through the present day uh, a lot of people you know find you know prefer him as as indie than say it's than say as han solo though uh, i always will uh, have a, a soft spot for his uh, his role as the famous smuggler himself but uh, that's that's another that's another uh, that's for another day so we'll start with the premise of the movie and i'll try to to avoid as many spoilers if uh, in case you haven't seen 
this movie and you want to savor the experience. But the the plot of the movie is Indiana Jones is tasked by the U.S. government to stop the Nazis from raising the Ark of the Covenant, which they are on a quest to find and locate, believing that if they have possession of it, it will make their army invincible and, and thus world domination is assured. So Indiana Jones is sent on this mission to, to find the Ark and, and stop the Nazis from reaching it. And in the process, he teams up with an old flame of his and they have this sort of you know, great uh, love-hate dynamic where you know, they, they are working in, in tandem with one another to try and, and race against time to stop the Nazis from, from reaching the Ark and, 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 and obtaining it. And I have to say, when this movie starts, because it's, it's definitely uh, ingrained in our, in our pop culture, it has one of the best openings uh, honestly, for any action movie, and and you could certainly make a case that it's one of the great openings of all time. We we meet Indiana Jones. We don't meet him in uh, in a classroom or as a as a as a professor. We see him out there in the field, so to speak, and he's trying to recover this golden idol inside this this temple, and it's filled with booby traps and. Uh, rolling boulders that nearly crush him, and it's it's just a high stakes, fun opening that really sets the tone for the movie. And I think that's something that that can't be overstated. This is a fun action adventure movie. There's some there's some tense parts. Certainly, the uh, this is a spoiler alert. I mean, the the, the face melting scene. Uh, at the end of the movie is uh, definitely shocking and it still holds up really well to this day. I mean, given for a film that came out in 1981, but that's going to, I think, a testament to Spielberg and to the the details and the special effects. But even though there are moments like that and there are moments of suspense, the movie never forgets to have fun. It, it, you know, Indy will crack a joke. He's very sly. He's witty. And that really kind of keeps with the feel of the movie. And, and again, right at the very start of it, you, you sense that there are stakes, but it's never one of these movies where it's like, oh my God, Indiana Jones is, is going to die right here and now. And it's going to be this, you know, r- sharp left turn into a, into a film noir story. It, it's none of that. This is a, high-concept action-adventure movie that knows what it is. It's not pretending to be some over-the-top psychological study or a a subversion on the genre. It is a a non-stop thrill ride from beginning to end that has great character dynamics. I mean, the the scenes with... um, with uh, with Marion and and Indy, while they're sort of on the run, they're they're just they're comical, but yet they feel they feel grounded. They feel like okay, these two people have a past. These two people uh, were once uh, were once were once friends and and lovers, and so it's kind of those moments that that offer levity as well as excitement. And again, just as an, a perfect example of that, there's one of the famous scenes in the movie where. Uh, Indy essentially has a, a showdown in, in the streets. And the scene goes, Indy and, and Marion are chased by these assassins, and one of them 
has a, pulls out his sword, and I mean it's a classic case of don't bring a gun, uh, don't bring a sword to a gunfight. And you know, Indy just sort of looks at him, and the guy's wielding the sword; he's ready to fight. And Indy just sort of gives him a, sh- a, sh- a shrug and pulls out his revolver and uh, and silences him. And it's just one of those moments where it sort of again breaks the tension. It isn't you know. Now I imagine it would be, oh, a big brawl and a fight and there'd be blood everywhere. It's moments like that that kind of make this movie special in my eyes where, again, it it never forgets to have fun. And interestingly enough, that particular scene, Harrison Ford was was incredibly sick with uh, food poisoning and and barely made it to the set that day. And I guess the way it was scripted was there was going to be more of a showdown and a fight. And Harrison was like, I don't think I can make it through the day, much less shoot a whole sequence. And so they, he's like, well, what if I just shoot him? And then, of course, the rest is history. And it's, again, one of those moments that happened by accident, but it really underscores Indy's character. He's He's serious, but but there's a lot of fun with him. Like as an audience member, we're, we're we get to go on the journey with him in a way. It's not like he is. I use this as sort of an interesting contrast. He's not like a Batman character, as an example, where Batman is very stoic and and more private and keeps to himself, and you really don't always know what the character is thinking or what's going on behind the mask. Indiana Jones, a completely different character. He, he he wears his emotion for everyone to see. And perfect example of that is his fear of snakes. And, and that's a recurring theme throughout all of these movies. And I always just love seeing uh, Ford's reaction because he plays it so well. And, and again, it's those little moments that sort of make Indiana Jones – very believable, uh, but also very human. And I think for an audience, we we like our characters and particularly our action heroes to have that sort of relatability to them. Uh, I, I'll even cite it one better. A character like James Bond, particularly at that time, James Bond was almost indestructible. He could do no wrong. He he would always uh, come away unscathed or, or very uh, you know, very little damage. And you look at Indiana Jones throughout these movies. I mean, he gets he gets beat up. He has ripped shirts. He's you know bloody at points. And again, those sort of moments uh, I think demonstrate the characters both vulnerability and also relatability to the audience. And I think that's why this movie connected with people in such a way because again it's not trying to be this interesting expose or some high concept political thriller it's an action adventure movie it's meant to be fun it's a popcorn movie and if you look at the box office receipts for 1981 it was one of the biggest movies of that year it grossed over $330 million and, interestingly enough, was nominated for Best Picture that year. Uh, it did not win, losing to Chariots of Fire. But I think that shows just what a, a, a blockbuster and how much this movie resonated with people. Because there's something about going to a movie, and I've said this before on the show, where you can just enjoy what's on the screen. It's not asking you to invest time, sweat, and energy. It Sometimes we want to go to the movie and we want to be entertained. We want to sit there with our popcorn and our drink and just watch a thrilling adventure for two, two and a half hours. And that's what you get with Raiders of the Lost Ark. 
You've got smart performances in the case of Ford and um, and Karen Allen particularly. You've also got a lot of real exciting sequences. I mean, I only just sort of mentioned it at the beginning, but that opening is one of the greats. Uh, in all of in all of cinema, just that whole sequence of Indiana uh, of, of Indy trying to get the Golden Idol, taking it off the uh, the altar, and then it unleashing uh, unleashing this this boulder which he has to outrun, and there's darts going everywhere, and then of course the escape uh, uh, via seaplane. I mean, what's not to love? It, it's a throwback to films of a bygone era at that time, and yet George Lucas and Spielberg were able to make it feel fresh and new for the audience of the of, of the 1980s. And, I mean, there's a reason why people go back to this movie and cite it as one of the great action-adventure films, because that is exactly what it is. This is not, as I mentioned, something pretending to be something that it's not. It's not subverting the genre, which is often the case today. This is a straightforward movie it knows what it is there's a lot of moments of tension a lot of suspense but ultimately you leave this film with a with with a big smile on your face and you know even though you know we're talking now 1981 to to the present day so i mean over 40 years later it still holds up and i think part of that is the sincerity in both ford's portrayal of the character but also the character himself this is not a, a james bond or or something uh, of, of that particular era this is a uh, a valuable character this is a a vulnerable character and, and also one that the audience can invest themselves in you know there's there's a reason why he's he's dr jones and indiana like there, there's 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 that interesting dichotomy and we see ford early on the movie as the stuffed shirt professor with the glasses and the bow tie and yet you know seconds later or or, or few scenes later he's right there in the the thick of it with his fedora cracking his whip and uh putting on his his satchel i mean it's it's an iconic look for a character but it also shows i i think an accessibility for audiences to be like okay yep we're going to be invested in this guy we're going to see what adventures he goes on and and that's something i would love to see brought back again uh, for a new audience, this kind of st- a serialized adventure movie where not everything has to connect or lead on to something five films down the road, but just straightforward action-adventure movies that have a beginning, middle, and an end, and you just go really for the fun of it. And as I said at the start of this, this movie never forgets to have fun. It never forgets what it is, what it is selling, what it is creating, and that is pure popcorn entertainment. I would even go as far as to say it's, it is pure movie magic. And to really lean into the to the cliche, and I do apologize, but it's epic. This movie is an epic production. It's epic in its scale, it's epic in its story, and it's epic in its action. And it's nonstop. I mean, the movie goes from zero to 100, pretty much from the very first frame to the final, to the final scene. And it, it's a a wonderful celebration to, as I mentioned, the films of a, of a different era, serials of a different era, but also charting something new. And I think that is something which kind of to tie this all into my points at the beginning, I think what we are seeing right now is audiences are looking to, if I may, looking for the next Indiana Jones 
so to speak. They are looking for something new, something original, something inventive, something that will engage them. And while it is wonderful and exciting to bring back characters from uh, from another era and, and celebrate them, you can't just have an overload of it. You have to be able to engage and create new adventures and new stories and new situations because otherwise general audiences will will not show up for them. And I think there's a there's a reason why in 1981 audiences showed up for something like Indiana Jones. There's a reason why Indiana Jones was the highest grossing movie that year compared to Superman 2, which was the sequel to one of the biggest superhero films of that day. Audiences were looking for something new and something different, and Indiana Jones offered that in 1981. And I think now, 40-plus years later, audiences, again, they're looking to have their their imagination expanded. They're looking for something unique and fresh. So I'll be curious to see where this new film stacks up. I mean, based on the trailers alone, there seems to be a lot of interesting callbacks to the previous films, especially the original Raiders. So I, I am curious if it's going to be a, a nostalgia-heavy film or if it will be potentially a, a swan song movie for, for Harrison Ford and for Indiana Jones. Uh, my, you know, my preference, my hope, it would be more the latter instead of a a nostalgia heavy film but somehow i suspect that may be the ultimate the ultimate course given this era that we find ourselves in but i mean nevertheless uh, as i uh, as i close out this particular episode indiana jones particularly raiders of the lost ark that is one movie that i will constantly recommend for 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 uh, for, for people because it it accomplishes what a great movie strives to, to to achieve, which is to be funny, to be entertaining, to be action filled, to have a character, particularly a lead, that we can be invested in and, and that we like. That is the biggest thing with Indiana Jones. He is a likable character. He goes on all these great adventures, but yet at the same time, he's grounded enough for the audience that we can, in a way, almost see ourselves in that particular character. I mean, I, I remember just as an aside, I, I, growing up, uh, we, we had to, uh, you know, play characters for, for a school, uh, a school play. Like, you know, Indiana Jones was one of them, you know, Star Wars characters and, and other films like E.T. Um, and I, I remember wearing the fedora and, and having the whip and, and, and the leather jacket and, and just, you know, like it's so fun and expressive for the imagination, and you kind of felt like, yeah, yeah, I could do this. I, I, you know, I could go on on adventures. I mean, that's that's something that's you really can't capture other than just to say it's an experience. It's something that can be distilled down into into what the best kind of movies can can achieve, which is something that is magical and ultimately timeless. And I would I would put this film in that particular category because it is, it is a special movie and it is one that even though I've seen it a number of times, it still leaves me with that sense of, of fun and excitement and, and pure joy by the time the credits roll. And that's to me, the mark of a great movie that that is for the love of movies. So with that, that kind of segues for next week, which is the release of uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I will be reviewing it at some point, probably on the Wednesday show. But 
Certainly, if you haven't had a chance to to watch this film or the other four in the series, I would definitely say start with this one. My my personal favorite is Temple of Doom. I, I know that's that's a controversial choice, uh, given that a it's a it's a prequel and a sequel. Uh, also, it, there's a lot of uh, stylistic choices in that film. It's also a little bit darker than its uh, than its pre- predecessor and future successors. But I don't know. For, for me, and this is just a, as an aside, Temple of Doom was actually the first Indiana Jones movie that I saw on TV growing up. And so I, I, I probably have that nostalgia factor for that one. But uh, I, I rewatched that one recently as well and, and, and just had a ball with it, particularly the ending where they're on the drawbridge and you have both sides coming at them. And then uh, Indy has to, to cut the rope and the, br- uh, the, uh, uh, the bridge goes down and uh, they have this great fight at the very end over the river and the alligators. But uh, definitely, I, I would say, if you're going to watch any of these films and you're looking for a great action-adventure movie with, with a lot of heart and a, and a fantastic character, check out Raiders of the Lost Ark because it, it holds up well 40 years later. And as I said, it's a lot of fun. And, and sometimes with a movie... That's what you got to have, and that and that's all you can ask for. It's just to have a great time with it, and I certainly have a fun time with this movie every time I watch it. So there's my recommendation for you on this on this particular day. But on that note, want to say thank you as I as I often do to you, the listeners, to you, the friends, for tuning in each week and hearing what I have to say on movies. I know I may sound like a broken record, but I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate your friendship and your connection, your support of this show, and for being a part of this cinematic journey with me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so very much. And I hope everyone has a great weekend. Definitely there is there are movies playing. I am going to be checking out No Hard Feelings, which stars Jennifer Lawrence. It looks fantastic and funny. It feels like a feels like a throwback to the comedies of the early two thousands. So that is that is high on my priority list for this weekend. So I will definitely let you know my thoughts uh, on a future episode. But that is all for today's episode, everybody. Take care, be well. I'll be back next week and we'll do this all over again for the love of movies.